You are listening to Haftorah, the Shir series where we explore the connections between the Parsha Shavuah and its corresponding Haftorah. And here at the database with Rabbi Yisrael Eisenberg this week's Parshios are Achrimos and Kedoshin. And earlier this week we discussed the Haftorah for Parshas Achrimos, which happens to be the Haftorah that we will be reading this Shabbos, which is unlike what we find by other double Parshios, where normally the minhag is to read the Haftarah for the second of the two parshios, and this way the Haftarah corresponds to the actual maftir of the Kriyasa Torah. But for reasons we'll discuss shortly, we do not do that by Achremos and Kedoshim. When the two are connected, when the two are combined, we read the Haftarah for Achremos, and not only that, but suppose Achremos is a special Shabbos like Shabbos Hagadol or Rosh Chodesh. So then the subsequent week for Parshas Kedoshim, we in fact do not read the Haftarah for Parshas Kedoshim but we go back to make up and read the Haftarah for Achrimos. In the previous Haftarah shir, we also made reference to the fact that there are different customs when it comes to Ashkenaz versus Sfard in terms of which is actually the Haftarah for Achrimos and which is for Kedoshim. In fact, according to the Sephardic tradition, the Haftarah that we will be discussing today is actually the Haftarah for Parshas Achrimos. And the Haftarah for Kedoshim is an entirely different reading from Sefer Yechezkel. The truth is both of the Haftarah we'll be discussing tonight and the Haftarah, that, which is the Sephardic Haftarah for Kedoshim and for Achimus Kedoshim for that matter. Both of them happen to be from Yechezkel. However, the one that we are going to discuss is what we'll be referring to as the most avoided Haftarah, and that makes it one of the rarest Haftarahs as well. This Haftarah, unlike the one from Achimus, which came to us from Amos of the Treoser, which at the moment of this recording in Tavshim Gimel, we're going to be reading this Shabbos, so this Haftarah, which comes from Yechezkel, Perak Chof Beis, my Rebbe of Yonason Sachs pointed out this past summer in a shir at Camp Ask, has not been read in 25 years. The last time this Haftarah was read was in 1997, and we are slated to read this Haftarah in the year Tav Shin Pei Dalad, next year. Again, for the moment of this recording. And again, interestingly enough, the Sephardic Haftarah also comes from Yechazkel, but from two Prakim earlier, Chaf, Perak 20 in Yechazkel. So the question is, why exactly do we go out of our way to avoid the Haftarah of Parshish Kedoshim in the Ashkenazic tradition, which we will in fact be reading next year? The Ezra Hashem. We will discuss that and maybe even dip a little bit into the Spartak Haftarah afterwards. But first, I'm just going to dedicate the Shir Lili Nishmasimi Mirasi Chai Rachel Basitabitzvi, Harini Kaparis Meshkava, and Hashem should have an Aliyah. And now we turn to the avoided, unpleasant Haftarah of Parshas Kedoshim from Yechezkel Chaf Beis. goes from Aleph through Tezayin, that's Yechezkel 22, 1 through 16. And this Haftarah, which is known in, in some circles as Hasishpot, one of the opening words, is Vahidvar Hashem and the word of Hashem came to me saying, and now you son of man, a common expression to refer to Yechezkel, as we've seen in several of the Haftaras where we had Yechezkel previously. We opened it for the first time for Parshas Vayigash, we saw it again in Parshas Vayira, Parshas Tetzaveh, many of the special Shabbosas like Shabbos Chalmoid Pesach we had it, Achodesh, Paro, and so on. Yechezkel is commonly referred to as Ben Adam. And then we have Hasishpot, Hasishpot, Es Ir Hadumim, Vodata Es Koltovaseh. He says, will you, will you judge, will you judge the city of blood as Yerushalayim is referred to in this parak? 
and make them and make known all of their tawavosah, all of their or all of its abominations. A commonly used word in Parshish Kedoshin, there are a few averos that are referred to as a toeva, as an abomination. And now we begin to see just a little bit why the Haftarah is avoided, and that is because it is a diatribe of Eretz Yisrael, of Yerushalayim, of the people in it, something that we try not to do. We try to avoid it as much as possible. And beyond that, to address the challenge that we normally address in terms of a connection and an association between the Haftarah and the Torah reading. So here, we actually don't have to do a lot of hard work at all. See, this is the easy part. The hard part is really just stomaching the Haftarah, and perhaps the other hard part is actually finding a Shabbos where we end up reading this Haftarah. But in terms of the relationship between the Parsha and this piece of Navi, it's really it's a giveaway. This is, this is otherwise an obvious choice, as we're going to see. And that is because in this single chapter of Yechezkel, when rebuking the Bnei Sorel, the Navi references not one or two, but several of the Averos that are explicitly mentioned in the Sidra, from idolatry to illicit relationships to lending with interest, ribis, gossip, sliding one's parents, forms of injustice against the widow and the orphan, the almana and the asom, not fearing Hashem's mikdash, desecrating Shabbos, and so forth. All of these averos can be found both in our Parsha and in our Haftarah. Moreover, the Navi describes these sinful acts as toevos, as we mentioned. The same adjective be used to describe, or really the same nickname, the same description that the Torah uses to refer to many of the Averos and Achremos and Kedoshim. We also even find the usage of unique phrases such as Zima, an evil plot, which is how Parshish Kedoshim describes one of the relationships, I believe, between uh, a person who, who marries um, a pair of sisters. He uses the Lashon of Tame to refer to relationships, and we find that in our Parsha, in our Haftarah as well. And finally, we have the icing on the cake as the Haftarah finishes with the recurring message and mantra of the Sidra, a classic of Achremos and really Kedoshim, the, that the people should know that Ani Hashem, I am Hashem. That is how the Navi, this Haftarah, closes. Right? So it says, and you shall be caused to reinherit yourself in the sight of the people, and you will know that I am Hashem. And choosing a Haftarah is not usually this simple in terms of the obvious connection. right? The, and yet we almost never read this Haftarah. It seems that this prophecy of Yechezkel's um, conspicuously feeds off the Sidra as though it were written with Parshish Kedoshim in mind. And again, that being said, as perfect as it fits, as perfectly, I should say, as it fits, um, we, again, this, this Haftarah is not one that speaks to the grandeur and splendor of, of Eretz Yisrael and Yerushalayim. It, it, in fact, does the opposite. Um, but the question then is, what is this Haftarah's purpose? Right? What role does it serve, and especially considering that we avoid this Haftarah? So it's, it's interesting to note that we have other parts of the Torah that are not pleasant, right? In the actual Torah, the Tochacha. We don't just avoid them. In fact, we have specific times that we're supposed to read them. 
this Haftarah, which is an open rebuke of, of Klal Yisrael, so it seems like only once in 25 years um, it's, is it appropriate to read it. Right, uh, like my Rebbe explained, he said, someone once asked him, you know, is it, is it appropriate, is it okay ever to, to criticize Yerushalayim? And he said, yeah, but just uh, once in 25 years. Right, but again, the question is, if this is in fact a Haftarah, as much as we try to avoid it, when we do read it, what is its purpose? It, just, it reflects off the parsha, but what, what does this Haftarah add to that which we read in our parsha Shavuot? So is the prophecy of Yechezkel just a mere reiteration of Kedoshim's themes, or is it possible that Yechezkel is coming to bring something new to this discussion, perhaps a new perspective on the different, the different items that we find in Kedoshim? Another question that one might ask about this Haftarah is that as seemingly perfect as a Haftarah as this piece is, at least in terms of connection to the Parsha, it very much does not seem to abide by the rule of the typical Haftarah, which is to close with some kind of comfort ending. Right? There, should, there should be something consoling or comforting about the conclusion of the Haftarah. That's usually the rule, and as we've spoken about in the past, there are times that we read the penultimate Pasuk of the Haftarah because the concluding Pasuk is one that's not pleasant. Now, this Haftarah is overwhelmingly unpleasant, describing all the different Averis that Klai Yisrael has done, but this ending simply says, again, and I'll read it as I read it before, You'll be caused to tremble for the as the nations, or perhaps re-inherit, and there are different, uh, different versions of, what, of, of how to read that. Re-inherit might sound nice, to tremble obviously does not, but you will know that I am Hashem. So perhaps the point about everyone realizing that he is Hashem, that's perhaps a good thing, and it's something that, you know, even uh, in the times of the Geulah, it should come in the Arabian you know, this is something that we yearn for, that everyone should realize that Hashem is Hashem. And now, again, while that might be a positive, but the overall message is that it's going to take a lot of hard justice to get to that conclusion. And it's not particularly pleasant. And if that's the case, then where is the comfort, where is the consolation in this ending, if anywhere at all in the Haftar's conclusion? Now, as for what this Haftarah adds to the Sidra, if one looks at the full Haftarah in its specific context, Yechezkel is told to judge or rebuke what Hashem refers to here as the Ir Hadamim, the city of blood. And that's a pretty harsh name. It's a, actually a rare expression, which we don't find so much in Navi. However, if you look at um, Sefer Nochem of the Treyasar, and Nochem is never read as a Haftarah, uh, but um, in Nochem, so Ninveh is actually described that way. Ninveh, the capital of Ashur, of Assyria, is referred to as an Irdamim, a city of blood. So now in this particular context, Yerushalayim is being referred to as a city of blood. And you know, it, almost like something out of like BDS, almost something out of you know, just uh, you know, regular media. And although, as was mentioned, a lot of the Averis described between Ahrimus and Kedoshim are listed here as crimes that apparently the Bnei Israel have committed, the Navi does not merely repeat these Averos, but it reframes them with this theme, the apparent reference to the blood. For example, the Navi writes, Anshe Rachil Hayuvach, Laman Shvachtam. So Anshe Rachil, you are men of gossip, or men of, of slander, right? Rachilos. And but he adds, 
you were you were doing that laman shvachtam in order to shed blood. The the navi makes no fewer than seven references to either blood or bloodshed throughout the body of the Saftara. So apparently, dam blood is the theme here. The question is why. What direct relevance does blood have in the crime of gossip, for example? Sure, slandering someone, lashon hara, that could lead to bloodshed if things blow way out of proportion. Right, most of the lashon hara that we speak does not. So doesn't it seem kind of far off to to sort of try to connect those dots? The Navi also writes that people would exercise tyranny to shed blood. If you look in Pasuk Vav, right, let's see the Pasuk. It says, People would try to get leadership positions to shed blood. And says the Navi in Pasuk Yud Beis that you would accept bribes, a shochad, in order to shed blood. And yes, we know that as egregious as it may be, there can exist a murderous dictator or a hired hitman, considering what we know was done you know, in Nazi Germany, for example. Hitler, he, he fits the bill. He, he, we would say someone like Hitler and the Nazis would fit this role as people who might do things. Um, who might who might kill someone for some kind of gain, maybe for some, um, you know, I mean, maybe in their case it was worse. They were they had, they had it was based on an ideology, but the point is for someone to be able to kill someone and just and disregard the human and just shed their blood. But suppose we're talking about someone who is just murdering someone because he wants to make a buck, right? But again, it seems that in the context of Yechezkel's Nevuos here, the analogy appears to be extremely far off if it's serving as a general rebuke to the Bnei Israel, who, yes, might have been sinners, but could not have, it couldn't have been at all as evil as Nazi Germany. In fact, if we're being intellectually honest, we wouldn't compare most of the people in the world or in history, even the wicked people, to the likes of Hitler, Yamach, Shemo, and the Nazis. We would be we we would say that these are people of blood. A person or a group of people would have to reach a very high level of evil, taking thousands, if not millions, of innocent lives before we decide to draw such a parallel and label them a city of blood. And yet that is what we think of when we hear this title being given to Yerushalayim, an Ir Hadamim, a city of blood, which the Navi seems to use freely when describing the Bene Israel here. So why does the Navi use such a harsh and extreme label? For the Bnei Israel in this rebuke. Now, if one wants to truly understand the theme of our Sidra, this comparison to a city of blood, I think, is actually kind of important. Whether or not murder is objectively a bad or evil thing is not really the point that is argued about, at least not today. Right? Everyone agrees that murder is a bad thing. However, the first time bloodshed was ever committed in history, it might not have been that obvious. When Cain, in the heat of his envy, killed his brother Havel, whether it was intentional, whether it was unintentional, different opinions possibly, but Hashem rebuked Cain in Bereshis, Perak Dalad, Pasig saying as follows, The voice of the blood of your brother screams out to me from the soil. 
Kain's response, however, is not 100% clear. He says the words in Pasuk Yud Gimel, Gadol Avoni Minaso. Literally, my sin is too great to bear. And while this line can be read as a confession of guilt, as some read it, right, that he's saying, yeah, my, my sin really is too great to bear. I think uh, Targum Unklus reads it that way. Chazal, however, see it as a challenge. See Rashi citing the Bracious Rabbah, Chav Be'ez He says, is my sin really too great to bear? In other words, he asks um, almost as, as a challenge to the claim against him. Did I really do such a bad thing? In other words, how egregious and unforgivable can bloodshed really be? Either way, whether a confession or a denial, certainly at the time of his action, Kind did not appreciate the gravity of his bloodshed. And perhaps this is the point that the Navi is getting at. Because although for most of us, murder is something that we would never do, no matter how much we were pressured by temptation, coercion, or by any other rationale, it is only the case because our society would never tolerate such behavior. But the question is, what if our society did? What if society suddenly tolerated murder and did not consider murder to be something which is completely unacceptable? What if we were citizens of Nazi Germany? Would we have just followed orders? Would we have just gone along with the culture and accepted whatever it is that society at the time accepted? Sometimes it seems that way today. Things that were not acceptable five years ago even two or three years ago, are now acceptable today, right? Because society just decided. Society decided and we followed. Is that what we would do? Or would we be able to abide by a higher moral calling and do what's right, not in the eyes of modern society, but in the eyes of the Torah, for no other reason but for the fact that Ani Hashem. But if we just go along with the crowd's inappropriate behaviors and pay no attention to the conscience behind the curtain, So although we certainly aren't literal murderers, we have all the qualities of a potential city of blood. That's why, although, for example, we don't murder, we all freely speak Lashon Hara. And as I've mentioned in the past, it's because although we know that Lashon Hara is bad, we all know that it is evil, but we do not consider it to be unacceptable and intolerable. It's passable. Our society, even our religious society, does not manifestly consider it unacceptable. For the same reasons many people talk during davening, at a time where it is not only rude, but halakhically unacceptable. It's because although we know in concept that it's bad, we don't consider it as the halakha does to be unacceptable. That's why, very interestingly, the Shulchan Aruch uncharacteristically writes of one who engages in idle talk during Chazar Sashat, right, the Chazar's repetition of Shimon Esrei, his Lashon there is Gadol Avano Minaso. His sin is too great to bear. The same Lashon used when Kain was making either his confession or his denial. Check it out in the Shulchan Aruch, Arachayim, Kufchaf Dalid Zion, 124.7. His sin is too great to bear. It is because as light as we treat the sin to be, just as light as it as we, we treat it, it is that equally unacceptable. And if bloodshed were practically acceptable, we would have to wonder if we would be any better. Because although even Kain might have admitted that it was a bad thing conceptually, 
Even he did not truly appreciate how unacceptable the act was at the time that he committed it. Parshas Kedoshim speaks about a bunch of sins which we may not consider so evil. Right? Okay, lending with interest, big deal. Taking a bribe, okay, whatever. But many of them, the Torah tells us, are punishable only by death. Right? You might say, okay, listen, let the person love. Who cares who he loves? Who cares who he engages with? But that's the theme of Kedoshim, that there are strict laws which reflect the holiness that is demanded of Israel. Moreover, the level of unacceptability of some of these laws is reflected by the consequences for those who violate them as they are listed in Barjus Kedoshim. They are unacceptable not because society deems them unacceptable, because they don't. They are unacceptable because Ani Hashem and Hashem said that they're unacceptable. Perhaps they're not as bad as murdering millions of innocent lives, but they too, like murder, are unacceptable in the eyes of Hashem. What's wrong is wrong is wrong. The Haftarah shows that the casualness with which the Bnei Israel and really all of the world treats many of these unacceptable acts creates a society that has the potential to culturally um, strip the evil act of murder of its evil status just because, again, they decided that. And I believe perhaps this is where, in this really overwhelmingly negative Haftarah, is maybe where we could find a little bit of comfort. Yes, it's mostly bad news, but in some ways there is a sense of comfort when one has an understanding that harsh justice is systematically being delivered where it is due, that Hashem notices, He notes the actions, and knowing that everything is fair. And we, 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 you know, fair is something that is terrifying because if we were if everything where it was was fair, then who knows if we'd be able to survive. Right? We, we would hope and pray that we end up being on the good end of Hashem's justice. We ask for Hashem's mercy, but we try to genuinely better ourselves so that Hashem will give us a positive verdict. And in a society where the perception of what is wrong is ironically corrupted into something that is viewed as acceptable, when a city of blood is completely done away with the will of Hashem, there's something soothing about the shock of justice that reminds us and the world around us that Ani Hashem. And realizing also that on the flip side, we can fight the current of society if we understand that Ani Hashem, all of the different things that the Torah describes in Parshish Kedoshim, which are evil, they might not seem evil to us, but if for us we understand that this is just as evil, in a certain sense, maybe not in the same gravity, but this is evil just like murder is evil, just like bloodshed is a bad thing, we know all these things are against Hashem's Ratzon. And knowing that, I can hold to it because all of these are signed by Ani Hashem. So then if, if that's true, then just knowing that living a lifestyle in accordance with Ani Hashem is in fact perhaps another sense of comfort. And I think that's what we're called upon to realize as Kedoshim, as Hashem's holy people. And if we're prepared to make a genuine effort to devote our lives to the will of Hashem, then Hashem will be faithful to repay us favorably. Why? Ki Ani Hashem. As Rashi says several times in our parsha, um, that Ani Hashem means I'm the one who's aware, and I'm the one that's able to pay you back accordingly. Now, with the next few minutes remaining,
If I may, I would like to just talk a little bit about the interesting Haftarah from earlier in Yechezkel, Parakhaf, where we have again the Sephardic tradition, and it's uh, Parakhaf, and it goes from Bez all the way to Chaf, so 2 to 20. Now, obviously, we're not going to be able to read through the entire Haftarah at this time, especially considering how much time is left. But what I find to be very fascinating about this Haftarah is the link that you find between this Haftarah and really not Parshish Kedoshim. Uh, I, I would say that the Haftarah, for, the Sephardic Haftarah for Yechezkel, um, from Yechezkel Chaf, it really resembles Achremos more than it does Kedoshim. And uh, this Haftarah in the Sephardic um, tradition is going to be read this Shabbos, and it works as a, for the double parsha of Achimus Kedoshim anyway, even though this is the prescribed Haftarah for Kedoshim. But it references, and interestingly, it, uh, it has a lot of similar Lashonas to what we find in our Ashkenazic Haftarah. So for example, in, uh, Parag, in uh, Parag Bey's Pasuk Dalet, it says, Hasishbot Hasam. Are you going to judge them? Hasishbot Ben Adam. Are you going to judge son of man? Estovos Avosam Hodiim. The abominations of their fathers and make them known. So this again reminds us of, of the second Pasuk in our Haftarah this week. So we have reference to that. Um, but for example, if you keep uh, if you keep following all the way through, we find, for example, in Pasuk Yud of this Haftarah, the Navi reads, um, let me just find it. Excuse me, it was Pasuk Yud Aleph. I'm going to give to them my chukim and my mishpatim, my, my, my decrees and my ordinances. Hodati is so much I made known to them, that which a person should do and live by them. Right, that's a lasha, and v'chai bohem is right out of Parshas Achremos. And furthermore, v'gam is shabsosai nasati bohem lios laos benyuvenehem. I gave them my Shabbos, ladas keni Hashem ikadshem. So Shabbos is something that we do find in in uh, Kedoshim, but then the Navi comes back in Yud Gimel and says, But they rebelled against me in the desert, against my chukim, and they, they didn't walk in my chukim, and they, they rejected my mishpatim, that which they should have lived by, again, another Achremos shout-out, and instead of guarding my Shabbos, they desecrated Shabbos. Ma'od, very much so. And I poured out my anger on them in the desert enough to destroy them. So, again, this, uh, this Haftarah, it has shades of Achremos, it has shades of the Kedoshim Haftarah. So, um, what I think this Haftarah should at least do for us on another level is perhaps to help draw that, that, that link between not just Haftarah and Parsha, but really Achimos and Kedoshim. If you go back to the Parsha Panorama series, uh, one of the things that we discussed um, at least a couple of years ago when Achimos and Kedoshim, the last time they were read as a double Parsha, which is, um, was two years ago, so we spoke about the association between Achimos and Kedoshim that, in fact, as we try to see by every double Parsha, how the two parshios are connected, often um, you're able to note a connection with Tazriya Mitzorah. It was a much easier connection. It's all about impurity, about saras, about tumah. With Achimos and Kedoshim, it's all about Kedusha, um, different levels, different uh, forms of Kedusha, whether it's Kedusha Samakum, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, and how Eretz Yisrael doesn't tolerate certain things, and 
how um, you know in the code of the Shakadoshim you have to act a certain way. Where's the the appropriate place to bring carbonos? And then in Kedoshim, you know, we have the spillover effect about how in our own lives, a Kedoshim Tihiyu, that we have to not just have Kedusha of the Makom and have sensitivity for the Kedusha in Eretz Yisrael and in other holy places, but we have to have Kedusha in, inside ourselves. So, and we, 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 you know, we have that association as well. And we'll just fast forward over to the, to the end of the Svartik Haftarah, where it says, Ani Hashem Elkeichem, I am Hashem your God, Bechukosai Leichu, go in my chukim, which sounds like a little bit of a parshas bechukos. I shout out. Yes, mishpatai shimru and guard my mishpatim vasuosam and do them. Yes, shabbos v'say kadeshu. Sanctify my shabbos v'hu laos beinu v'nichem. It should be a sign between me and you. Vladas keni Hashem elokeichem. Know that I am Hashem your God. A very similar ending to the other haftara, um, which again is at the end of the day realizing that I am Hashem. At the end of the day, that's really what Achim was Kedushim are about. The sensitivity to Kedushim that we're supposed to have is all about our recognition of Hashem's presence wherever it is, and really it's everywhere, but in the places where His Shechina is more concentrated, to have to have a sense of awe for that Kedusha. But at the end, we should all be Zoha to have that sensitivity to the gravity of Hashem's Ratzon, devote our lives to being His Kedushim, in, in in this world, in our own lifetimes, and Hashem should bring an end to all the unacceptable forms of bloodshed with the coming of the Gula and the days of Mashiach, the Mahariv Yemenu. Again, if you enjoy sharing like this and others in the podcast and you want to partner with us with a sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, recommendations, or you want to join the Database Podcast WhatsApp group where you will find links to every uploaded share and links to Shiram that I repost due to their relevance, then all that you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Until next time, have an absolutely wonderful Shabbos, and thank you for joining us here at the Database.